who gives us the victory. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Does that sound like making it? Hallelujah. You know, Psalm 91 is talking about that very thing. Uh, Many have focused on Psalm 91 being the protection psalm. And it is. But read the end of it. Huh? With long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. Other translations say he'll show me how he can save. What does that mean? That's the culmination of the previous 15 verses of Psalm 91. What does that mean? Here you are in, in verse 16. Old. Biblically old. That's old. Full of days, full of years, full of faith, full of wisdom. The disease didn't kill you. The arrow that flies by day didn't get you. The pestilence at noon didn't get you. Oh, come on, are you listening? The angels kept you. The power of God kept you. You made it all the way to verse 16. Hallelujah. Is God that big? Is he that good? Yes, he is. Come on, say it again. I'm making it all the way. All the way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We'll see about that later, I think. Uh, Turn with me, please, to Romans, the fourth chapter. Thanks be unto God. You're believing with us tonight? Thank you, Lord. Romans chapter 4. No, I need to do it now. Uh, Hold your place in Romans and go to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Ephesians chapter 6. Is talking about the good fight and how our enemies are arrayed against us, but how that we are fully equipped with all the armor of God and the sword of the Spirit. But I want you to notice what it is we're fighting against because the enemy is so crafty and subtle that he has many. Believers fighting against the wrong things. And they are frustrated. And practically all of us have been there. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, which is a rest And a ceasing from your own labors. Faith is a rest. So we're not depending on me being strong enough to see this thing through. 
I'm strong. Not just in myself. I'm strong in the Lord and not just in, in the might I can continue to exert in the power of His might. Hallelujah. Now verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against what? The wiles of the devil. What are we standing against? The wiles of the devil. Now other verses bring this out repeatedly. Different parts of the New Testament. The Lord said this to me some years back, and it it, it branded me in in my thinking. He said, son, you're not fighting symptoms. You're fighting the wiles of the enemy. That was worth you combing your hair and coming out tonight, right? You're not fighting bills. You're not fighting what people are saying against you. What what am I fighting? The good faith fight, I am resisting, I am standing against what? His trickery, his strategies to get me to fear and doubt. When you're fighting the symptoms, you're fighting the pain, you're fighting the discomfort, you're fighting the negative report, you're off. It'll wear you out. The Lord didn't tell us to fight that. The challenge is to not be moved by that. And what I'm fighting is the fear. What I'm fighting is the temptation to get weary, the temptation to doubt and to waver or to quit. That's what I'm fighting. So it's not a matter that uh, I feel a pain, I feel a discomfort, so I'm rebuking the pain, I'm binding the pain, I'm fighting the pain. Mm -mm. Call those things that be not. As though they were. Not the things that are. As though they're not. And if I go around saying. Pain. Get out of here. Pain get out of here. Pain get out of here. I have no pain. I have no pain. Pain I rebuke you. Pain. 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 You got pain on the brain. And even though you're trying to do something. You're you're keeping pain front and center. The challenge is to not pay attention to the pain and resist any thought that I'm not healed. Resist any fear that I might not make it. I'm fighting against the fear, against the temptation to doubt, against the trickery of the enemy. He's sneaky, he's sly, he's crafty, and he tries to get me to to get What I've already got. Tries to get me into trying to obtain what Jesus already bought and paid for. What I already have. What I've already believed I received. 
What do you fight? Any thought comes to you, it's not going to work. That's when you jump up and fight. You say, that's a lie. You might not make it. That's a lie. I'm making it. I'm going over big in Jesus' name. (laughs) What about the pain? You don't have to even deal with the pain. Jesus took your pains. Come on, are you with me? We must stop fighting the symptoms and use our weaponry against the wiles of the enemy. Our job is not to heal ourselves. Our job is not to create the funds and pay our bills and cause everything to... That's not our job. What's our job? Give no place to any doubt, any fear. That's when you rile up. Anything that has to do with fear or failure or not seeing what the Lord said, said out loud, I'm not fighting symptoms. That's not my fight. That's a distraction. I resist fear. I resist doubt. I give it no place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You do that. And the enemy will not have you in the arena of reasoning and feeling. You will be holding him in the arena of faith. Hallelujah. And if you'll stay there, he ain't got a chance. Can you say, I believe it? it. Hallelujah. Well, that's all extra. Go to Romans 4 now, please. Romans 4. Now, the things I believe we'll be getting into tonight are about faith. Are you surprised? <laughs> and there are some basic, very basic things as regards to faith. And let me caution you, don't assume you already know these things. Because who among us has exhausted all the light and revelation from any verse of Scripture? Are there things in these verses we have not seen? Absolutely. So please, listen as though there are things you haven't heard here and seen here, because that is reality. In, in Romans 4 and verse 9, Romans 4, 9, he says, Comes this blessedness upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. Keep reading the next few verses here. How was it then reckoned when he was in uncircumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. Keep going. He received the sign of circumcision, the seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had being yet uncircumcised. He had faith, and his faith pleased God before He did the act of the covenant that the Lord told him to do. Faith is of the heart. And the action sprang from the faith that was in the heart. The action wasn't first. The faith was first. And the action was because of the faith. He said that he might be the father of all them that believe. Do you believe? And then he's talking about us. He's specifically talking about us right now in this verse. 
the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also. Keep going. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. Faith and steps of faith. Who also, he's talking about us, who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham. Keep going. Well, let's see. Uh, go Skip down to verse 16 for time's sake. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only, which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Was Abraham's job or Abram's job to fight the symptoms of being old? No. Or, or Sarah's job to fight the symptoms of of being old and past childbearing age and unable to conceive when she was young. No, 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 no. But to call those things that be not as though they were. We're not supposed to talk about the things that are existing that are not good. We're supposed to call the things that we don't see yet as though they were. Hmm? Instead of going around saying, I have no pain, I have no pain, I have no pain, you go around saying, I'm healed. I call my body healed. I call my lungs clear. I call my joints whole and strong. I call my blood clear. Hallelujah. I call my heart strong. I was down in Central America. No, this was 25 years ago. And uh, uh, while I was there, some folks made mention to me of a a minister lady who was there who was very ill. And she was a woman who knew about faith and the Word and had ministered. But she was in what uh, was said to be the final stages of cancer, cancer of the stomach, cancer of her digestive system. And she was just skin and bone, literally starving to death. They hadn't been able to eat anything. And she sent word, would I come by? And so we went by. And uh, she was unable to even uh, uh, speak loud enough for me to hear her across the room. I had to get close in by the bedside and, and lean down and put my head close to her Uh, her mouth to even hear what she was saying. And this is what she said. She said, Brother Keith, I'm just so weak. So weak. And I have no appetite. The smell of food makes me sick. And And her eyes watered up. She said, Comes back up. 
And some of her friends that were there were crying. And man, she, she looked like she might die before the day's out. Skin and bone, pale, yellow, sunken eyes and, and, and jaws. And as I'm, as I'm hearing her there, I'm checking my heart. This is a woman who knows God. This is a woman who believes in healing. This is a woman who believes in faith, who's taught faith. And I'm checking my heart, Lord, what, what can you use me to say or do here? And uh, as, as I did, it came right up in me, real, real, you know, just, I don't know the word to say, up out of my spirit. Let the weak say, I am strong. Hallelujah. Now, do you know how faith comes? Not just by reading scriptures. And not automatically by hearing somebody talk about scriptures. You say, say what? You heard me. Romans 10, 17. says, so then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. That's the King James. Other translations say, by the spoken word of the Christ. This is referring to the anointed spoken word. You know it's possible to read over scriptures for years and not get faith and then hear somebody that's anointed to say something about it and the light comes on. It's the anointing that teaches. It's the anointing that reveals and quickens. And when faith comes, it's not a dead intellectual addition of knowledge. It is a spirit-quickening, anointed word. Hallelujah. I see you've received some of them before. Is it true or not? It's not just a matter of the sound of scriptures bouncing off your eardrums. And so I... uh, Having the privilege of working in Brother Hagin's ministry at, at his healing school, I had seen that. That I would share scriptures with people, and it's just like you're talking about the, uh, the weather report or something. I mean, just mean nothing to them. Just, just run that off of them. And, and I thought, well, Lord, I need to find some new verses. They already know all of these. <laughs> in the early days of my ministry, I didn't know. And, uh, and then I began to see. Uh, Brother Hagen began, he talked about uh, divine healing technicians and about diagnosing and prescribing, you know, like doctors do. Well, you know, a good doctor is not, not going to look at you and go, well, what's wrong? You're sick. Well, here, take a bunch of these. Just, what are they? I don't know. They're medicine. Just take, <laughs> see if that helps. Well, all these verses are good. And all of them are medicine, but there's a specific word, Hmm? a word in season to him or her that is weary. And the only way to get it is by the direction of the Holy Spirit. He'll quicken it to you. And it's not hard to tell when you give it to somebody and it was the word from the Lord, their eyes light up and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I leaned into her. I said, Sister, I believe what we should do right now is confess the word and say out loud. You know what the scripture said? Let the weak say, I am strong. And for us to say, me and you say, I am strong. She just nodded her head. I said, you ready? If I can. But I've been so weak. Now, don't knock it unless you've been there. If you've never been there, she knows better in her head. But after months of this, her spirit's weak. Come on, can you see this? She doesn't need anybody telling her, you know all this. Come on, you need to. She doesn't need any of that. Mm -mm. I just leaned in. I said, well, I'll help you. I am strong. She said, I am strong. I'm saying it with faith. Y'all with me, saints? I'm not, we're not just doing a confession exercise here. I believe, let the weak say, I am strong. And we just read, strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Are those the words of the Lord? Is there anointing on those words? Is there life in those words? If you'll mix faith with those words, life will come out of them. And would you not be calling those things that be not? As though they were. Why in the world would you say that? Unless you believed it could make a difference. That's faith. We did that, I reckon, for 40 minutes, 45 minutes. You might say, how could you do it when she was so weak? When you get a little stronger, you got plenty of time. So, Mr. Well, I don't know if I've got time. If you stop getting worse, you have plenty of time. That was a word for somebody. I don't know if I have enough time. If you stop getting worse, even if you're not getting better, if you just stop getting worse, it's like everything's on pause. You got time. <laughs> the Lord's my witness and the people in that house, in that room. Within 45 minutes, you could have heard her outside the house saying, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. She's sitting up in the bed on her own power. said, I'm strong in the Lord. And man, it, it was so real to her. I mean, her face is beaming. Color is coming back into her face. I'm strong in the Lord. I didn't have to, you know, ag her on to say it. I mean, she's saying it ahead of me now. I'm having to play catch up. I'm strong in the Lord. I said, yes, you are. I'm strong in the Lord. I'm strong. And man, it, it was miraculous. It really was miraculous. And then I said, look at me, sister. She said, oh, praise God, Brother Keith. Praise God. Praise God. I said, yes, yes, yes. I said, but listen to me. Never again say I have no appetite. Not even one more time say, I can't keep anything down. Never again say, when I eat, it just comes right back up. I said, don't say it 
even one more time. I looked her in the face. I said, are you listening to me? I got right up in her face. You know why? Because if she don't get this, she'll be dead soon. In spite of the miracle we just had, if she don't change this, she said, yes, Brother Key, yeah, 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 yeah. I said, are you looking at me? Are you listening to me? I said, here's what you say. You say, I have a voracious appetite. And when I eat, it stays down. She said, okay. I said, no, okay. Say it with me out loud right now. I have, now you don't need to say it necessarily. I have a voracious appetite. And when I eat, it stays down. She was skin and bone. She's starving to death. Something's got to happen quick here. I said, I said, say it again. When I eat, it stays down. She said, okay, okay, okay. I said, look at me. I said, if, this, a lot of folk may think this is unbelief, but listen closely. If you eat something and you feel sicker than you've ever felt and you throw up and you feel like you're puking your guts out. I said, as soon as you get through done throwing up, you wipe off your mouth mm-hmm. and you say, mm-hmm. when I eat, when I eat, it stays down. Now, this is where people are getting defeated. Because people that call themselves faith people, they'll make a few good faith confessions, and then they got sick, they threw up, and they'll cry. Right. Yeah. I understand. I'm a faith person, and I'm doing the best I know how. You ain't acting like a faith person. Faith people don't talk like this. Are y'all with me, friends? No. It's when... Everything looks and feels like it is not working. You're not fighting the nausea. You're not fighting the cancer. Come on, are you listening to me? What are you fighting? Unbelief. Fear. Doubt. And so everything's telling you it's not working. And that's when you got to rise up from the inside and say, it is working. In Jesus' name, I have it. It's mine. This is working in me right now. I'm not moved. None of these things move me. They don't move me. They don't move me. I said it to her another three or four times. I said, you got it. She said, when I eat, it stays down. I said, that's it. Don't you say anything else. Don't you say that never again. Don't you say I'm weak. Don't you say I have no appetite. Don't you say I can't keep it down. Is the devil crafty? You can be walking with God for 50 years. Be able to quote half the New Testament. And still, if you're not watching, he'll get you to say something. Based on how you feel. Based on how things look. He's crafty. So, what are we fighting against? The wiles of the devil. Trickery. Subtlety. Deception, craftiness. Well, I went home after the meetings that we had there. I was in the States three months or so. And I was at a big conference. And some people came up and they said, you were down in such and such place. And I said, yeah. They said, you went by to see Sister So-and-so. I said, yeah. They said, did you know, man, she got her appetite back? And said, man, she's put on 20 pounds, and she just looks so good, and she's back working again. And she said, they said, man, she's got a big appetite. 
I started to tell him, yes, you may want to back off of that, 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 that confession now. But she needed it to get her where, where she was. Come on, y'all with me, saints. Have we learned everything there is to know about faith? Oh, dear me. Oh, my, my. Some people, bless their hearts, they think the faith move is passing. And now other new moves are replacing it. <laughs> is pleasing God going out of vogue? Is victory becoming passe? No! I'm a faith man. I'm a faith preacher. We're faith churches. We're faith families. Right, come on, are you faith? Are you faith? Faith people talk a certain way. They think a certain way. They respond a certain way. They have victory in them and on them and through them. They're more than conquerors, overcomers by the greater one inside them. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Now that works. That works. Hallelujah. I had a young man in healing school some years ago, and uh, he came up and he said, uh, he said, uh, Brother Keith, he whispered, he said, uh, I want to quit smoking. He said, I've smoked since I was a boy, and I just, I can't quit. I'm, I'm addicted to nicotine, and, and I've thrown away cigarettes and whole cartons, and before the day's over. Go try to find them and <laughs> go buy some new ones. And, and he said, I just, uh, I looked at him. I said, will you do what I tell you? He said, don't tell me to throw them away. I've already tried these. <laughs> I said, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I said, I'm not even going to tell you to quit smoking. He said, what? I said, will you do what I tell you? He said, yeah, if I can, if it's easy. <laughs> Everybody's looking for something easy. I said it's easy, but you'll have to you'll have to discipline yourself to stay with it and not quit. He looked at me. I said, "Never again." Say I'm addicted to nicotine. Never again. Say I can't quit. He said, "Brother Keith, my pastors prayed for me. Other folks have prayed for me." He said. People have interceded for me. They've anointed me with oil. He said, I still smoke like a stack. I said, well, I said, is this too hard for the Lord? He said, I, I don't believe so. I said, never again. Not even one more time. If you catch yourself starting to say it, grab your mouth. Never again say, I'm addicted to nicotine. I can't quit. I said, here's what you say. I'm free from nicotine. I'm free from cigarettes. I said, uh, when you uh, open up a pack, you say, thank you, Lord. I'm free from nicotine. I said, when you pull one out and you light it up, I want you to say, thank you, Lord. I'm free from cigarettes. He said, but I'll be smoking. I said, I know it. Just, will you say it? He said, but I'll be smoking, brother. I said, I know it. But just say, will you say it? He said, yeah, but, but I, I, st-. I said, 
Quit trying to think of it. Look, look at me now. Quit trying to figure this out. Will you, you, you've tried other things. Will you do this? He said, I've tried everything. I said, you haven't done this. Will you do this? I said, when you, when you lay down at night and you pull the pack out of your pocket, and you lay it on your nightstand, anything that reminds you of cigarettes, you just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, I'm free. I'm free from smoking. I'm free from cigarettes. I'm free from nicotine. Would you say it? He said, oh, okay. He said, but I'll be smoking. I said, I know. <laughs> Forget about that. Now, we actually still keep coming around to this, don't See, if you're fighting the hunger to smoke, you're fighting a losing battle. If you're fighting the symptoms of the nicotine craving, you're in the flesh. We're not supposed to be fighting symptoms. Is everybody with me? Yes, Say it out loud. Stop fighting symptoms. Stop fighting, symptoms. Stop fighting feelings. Stop, fighting feelings. Stop it. That's not a faith fight. That's a flesh fight. In the flesh. I saw him about, I don't know, just a couple of weeks. Less than a month later. He came in the back. I didn't even have to ask him anything. He's beaming. I could tell he wanted to get to me. Quick as he could get to me. He got to me. I said, what about it? He said, I'm free. I'm free. I ain't smoked in days. He said, I've never done this before. He said, I'm free. I said, tell me about it. Tell me. He said, this is what you said. Every time I bought cigarettes, I'd leave the store and I'd say, thank you, Lord, I'm free from cigarettes. He said, I'd pull a pack out and I'd say, thank you, Lord, I'm free from nicotine. He said, I'd light one up in between puffs. I'd say, thank you, Lord, I'm free from cigarettes. Now, are you supposed to be fighting uh, tobacco? Are you supposed to be fighting a craving? Are you supposed to? No. That's not the faith fight. He said, I did it day in, day out. I did it all day long. He said, because I smoked quite a bit. And he said, uh, he said, I did it until uh, I, I, I'd pull out my cigarettes at night. Let tell you, I'd just say it without even thinking. When you start doing that, it's becoming a way of life. It gets down in your heart. Come on, kid, you start believing it. He said, I, he said, I was standing on the corner. And I reached up to get, get a cigarette. And I pulled it out. And I said, thank you, Lord. I'm free from cigarettes. He said, I looked at it, and I just knew. I don't need to smoke this. I just knew. I'm free. He said, I put it back. I threw them away. I ain't had one since. I don't want one. He said, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. This will work with drugs. It will work with spending addictions, shopping addictions, eating addiction. It will work with anything that's a bondage or a chain. The anointing, hallelujah, will destroy the yoke and remove the burden but it works with your faith and the words that you release faith comes by hearing the anointed word but faith is released by words and actions can you say amen, amen. glory to God we need to keep on so we can get to point one here everybody say steps of faith 
Go to Romans, the 12th chapter, please. Romans chapter 12. And verse 1. Well, actually, just skip down to verse 3. Romans 12, 3. I say, through the grace given to me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, Young's literal translation, which is very accurate, it says, as to each God did deal a measure of faith. I don't think we should put emphasis on the the measure, because accurately it's measure. Or a measure. Listen to the complete Jewish Bible on this. It says, I'm telling every single one of you through the grace that's been given to me not to have an exaggerated ideas about your own importance. Instead, develop a sober estimate of yourself based on the standard which God has given to each of you, namely, trust. Faith is how we operate in the kingdom of God. God is a faith God. Without it, it's impossible to please Him. He has done everything He has done by faith. You could almost say it's the currency of the kingdom. It's how you function. Faith is how you function in the kingdom. If you ignore faith, you do so to your own Loss and harm. You can't be born again without faith. Uh, how are you going to receive your healing? How are you going to be filled with the Holy Spirit? How are you going to receive direction? Everything in the kingdom functions this way. Amen. Hallelujah. And he said our estimation of ourself should be connected to our faith. He didn't say not to think highly of yourself. He said don't think more highly than what's true. Have a sober, a realistic assessment of who you are, what your value value is to your family, to your church, to your business, to your circles of life, according to what? Your measure... Of faith. Is this important? Your measure of faith. Now keep reading in verse 4. For as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ and each one members one of another. Now let's just stop. Has he changed subjects? And is now talking about the offices and ministries of the body of Christ. He, has, he is talking about that. He hasn't changed subjects. Verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us. These gifts that we are to the body and to the families and that we have. These gifts, according to the grace given to us, whether prophecy, and he goes to mention other things, let us prophesy how? According to the proportion or another way of saying measure. According to the measure of faith. 
everything we do in the kingdom, in the spirit that's worth anything, Jesus said, the flesh profits nothing. How many remember that the word talks about in 1 Corinthians that uh, all, every, all our works are going to be judged and examined? And some of them will be wood, hay, and stubble. But others will be uh, like gold and silver and precious stones. Well, those are things that were done in the Spirit. And in the Spirit is inseparable from by faith. We function in the kingdom. We function in the Spirit by faith. And I'm going to do it to the degree of the measure of my faith. You're going to do it to the degree of the measure of your faith. He said if you read the rest of it. This is verse 6. Verse 7. Ministry, let us wait, is in italics there. It was added. An hour is added. What he's saying, our ministry on ministering. According to what? According to your proportion of faith. Or he that teaches on teaching. How are you going to teach? Not just according to your knowledge. But according to your faith. Faith is not knowledge. Faith isn't knowledge. Faith is not knowledge. Knowledge is of the head. Faith is of the heart. Trust in the Lord. Another word for faith. With all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. Romans 10, for with the heart, man believes. You don't believe with your head. You believe, you believe with the same part of your being that you love with. You love with your heart. Love is not intellectual. Hmm? Guys, you don't want to say to your wife, after carefully considering all of our compatible parameters, I've concluded that I love you. It's not of the head. I said it's not of the head. It's not based on information or statistics or reasoning. Love is of the heart. And so is faith. Faith is of the heart. Faith is not this ethereal uh, intangible magical thing that some people think it is. Faith is definitely discernible, even measurable in each individual. I want to say that again. Faith is not this mystical, ethereal, intangible magic force. 
that some people imagine it to be. Faith is definitely discernible, even specifically measurable in each individual. Now, we've been blessed, you and me I'm talking about, to have come up in the generation we've come up in. (laughs) We've got people like the Copelands, people like uh, the Savelles, the Caps, the Planises, and many others, and the Hagans. Brother Hagan being a sent one. Go teach my people faith. And it has changed our lives. Hallelujah. It's it's crystal clear to me that you are sitting on faith right now. Every chair in this building got here by faith. This floor is here by faith. This building's here by faith. The lights are on. I know how it got here. And every drop of it, every blade of grass out there is paid for. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And it happened by the grace and goodness and faithfulness of God, but it was received according to our faith. Why didn't we receive less? Because our faith was stronger. Why didn't we receive bigger? Because our faith wasn't there yet. This has not been real enough to folks. We've got a whole generation of people now, including some ministers, that have become disillusioned. They think with faith. And then we've got a younger generation coming up now that have seen their parents and others have seemingly a series of what they'd call faith failures. And they made confessions and made confessions and and they prayed and they rebuked and they bound and it didn't work. And it still didn't work. As far as they saw, it never worked. And so a lot of them, younger folks, are disillusioned, they think, with faith and are looking for something else. Y'all are quiet. Hmm? And some think they've found something else. But they're going to wind up disillusioned with that because there's only one way. Not two, not three. There's only one way to please God. The just shall live by faith. The just shall walk by faith. And what is the victory that overcomes the whole world? Don't stick another word in there because the word is faith. Y'all going to help me preach this or not? Help me out. I want to mention to you two reasons. I believe the Spirit of God has given it to me. Two reasons 
why people have experienced what they call faith failures. They're biggies. We may not get to both of them tonight. Can you come back? Hmm? God does not fail. His word cannot fail. God cannot lie. And he cannot fail. And he is completely faithful to his word and to his people who believe and trust him. The problem is many have called things faith that are not faith. They've done things to the unenlightened look like faith and sound like faith, but they are not faith. You know one way you can tell real faith? It works. <laughs> Things happen. <laughs> my, my, my. Are y'all with me? Are we going to get this this week? We're getting it. I said we're getting it. And I, I, I chorus Neji East Neva Kalos and by Rek Moanj Anyenekesasichi, and you will be stronger in faith, not just as strong as you were in the 80s or the 70s. You will be stronger in faith than you have ever been in your life. Somebody say, I receive it. I receive it. I believe it. I receive it. Hallelujah. If you've lost some ground, you're going to get it back. Hallelujah. And you're not going to stop there. You're going to go beyond. Hallelujah. More. Your people might as well get ready because you're going to come and preach faith. And you're going to talk faith and pray faith and prophesy faith. And God's going to be pleased. And victories. But we need to identify two big things that people are calling faith and they're not. Hallelujah. Go ahead and tell me about them. I will when I feel the release. He says, why not just go right ahead? You know, uh, the Bible said, don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. Now that's not that's not calling people names and it's not disrespecting them. It's portraying a picture. I know maybe you think your your dog is saved, but I guarantee you, he don't know the difference between the magazine and the Bible. And maybe you got a pig and you may think that your pig is a connoisseur of finer things, but I assure you. Your pig don't know the difference between a pebble and a pearl. What's he saying? Don't give precious things to those who don't value them. And in order to get things from the Lord, greater things, we're not waiting on Him. Our reverence and respect for Him and His things has to come up for Him to be able to release them to us. 
Are you with me, saints? I've been to a few places, thank the Lord, not many. But uh, I was there for three days and never could get out what I felt the Lord had put on my heart. I said, what do you mean? Didn't you know what it was? I did. But do you know how you get it out? I'm going to give you a little uh, answer here kind of under so you'll know for the rest of the test here. If you don't know what to say, just say, by faith. By faith. By faith. Just put that. <laughs> you know how you, you get things out that the Lord gives you? By faith. by faith. You know how you pray things out that you got on your heart to pray about? By faith. By faith. Every one of it is by faith. And I, j- I couldn't. I'd, I'd start to get on it, and I just, I just didn't feel released. And so I'd talk about some other uh, more basic things. And uh, looking back, uh, I remember the pastors in one of the places when I got there, I think they forgot we were having a meeting. <laughs> they looked at me. They were late. We stood around in the airport for two or three hours and uh, picking us up. And, and so uh, uh, when they got there, they, they went, oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, the meeting. And you could tell there was no preparation for it. If preparation hadn't been done naturally, you can be sure it hasn't been done spiritually. And the the respect wasn't there. And when I got there to speak to the people, he he hadn't told them anything about me. There was no preparation for the ministry. And they were all looking at me like, who's this guy? And you could almost feel it. We've heard the best. Who are you? Wow us. Dazzle us. If you can. Well, I can tell you right now, you can't. Don't try. Lack of respect. Take heed how you hear. For with the measure you meet to it. It's the, that's the degree of respect and reverence and faith and honor. That's the measure of anointing and revelation and life and healing. Well, it will flow back to you. But I've been other places. And uh, you could tell the respect is there. Not just for a man, for the Word. Yes, yes. For the anointing. Yes, yes. For the things of God. And the first service, I'm saying things I never thought of. It's just flowing out of me. I'm learning while I'm speaking. Oh, I like it when it's like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is that? That's somebody who has ears to hear. And it's valuable to them. Not just empty talk. Not just noise. But truly valuable. Precious. In their eyes and sight. That's who will get more. And receive more. Hallelujah. Where were you before we started talking about that? (laughs) Two, Two things somebody said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. People have called things faith that's not faith. Uh, The Spirit of God, through Paul writing to Timothy, he mentioned to him the unfeigned faith that first dwelt in his grandmother and in his mother and in him. One of the greatest things 
that your kids and grandkids ever got from you was faith. Hallelujah. Fear is contagious. It'll spread through a family. It'll spread through a business. It'll spread through a church. Oh, but faith is contagious too. Hallelujah. And if you're around somebody of strong faith, it actually makes it easier for you to believe. You kind of get caught up in their wake. Hmm? In their slipstream. You know, you understand when you're racing, if you get behind the lead guy, it's easier to go fast. You're not, you're not bucking all the wind that they're bucking. Which is why you need to be a part of a faith bunch. A good faith church. Good faith family with faith buddies who understand code talk. That you can just call up and say, Susie, Susie, yeah. Um, tell me again how all my bills are paid and and I'm coming out and they just jump on it with both feet and they say you got that right you have sown and it's coming back to you you're a tither and the devil and you're just going uh huh uh huh you call and say Bobby tell me again you know how healed I am Tell tell me how healed you so healed the healed people call you healed. You, <laughs> you are healed, brother, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Your blood is healed. Your nerves are healed. Your knuckles is healed. Your skin is healed. Your eyes are healed. 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 We'll just call you Bobby Healed more. You need to be in an environment of faith. Brother Hagen Sr. used to talk about that he had people that he had ministered to that while they were with him over the course of a meeting, two weeks, three weeks, a month, man, they'd make tremendous progress and be 50% better, 80% better. But they'd go back home. And their kinfolks ask them 20 times a day, how do you feel? Don't give me that faith stuff now. Tell me how you really feel. You look like you, you, look like you feel bad. You, just, you look bad. I don't mean to talk bad to you, but you, you, look, you look bad. How many times a day do you need to hear, you look bad? You look, you look so bad? How do you feel? You look, you look so bad. You sure you feel okay? We laughing. But he said, uh, you know, numerous times people died and did not recover. They lost the, the gains they had made and they did not recover. And he said he felt uh, persuaded if he could have kept them with him, kept them in the environment of faith, they would have continued to progress and be all right. It makes a big difference who you hang with and what you listen to. And who you talk with and what you talk about. And, and, and don't feel, you know, sometimes people try, they're so concerned about being polite and hurting somebody's feelings, they'll just let them dump unbelief in their ear for an hour on the phone. Don't do that. If you need to, just say, hold up, hold up. I don't want to talk about that right now. Hmm? And if they won't listen, do what you got to do. 
It can be life and death. Same thing with your finances. You can't talk the problem all the time and stay in faith. You can't talk the symptoms and feelings all the time and stay in faith. You just can't do it. Faith is tangible. It is individually measurable. And our faith on any given day is at a different measure. It's a lot like physical strength. It's not of the body, it's of the heart. But just like strength is of the body, faith is of the heart. You might like to think you could bench press 300 pounds. Hmm? 200, whatever. Wherever you are. And you might be convinced. But when you slide under the barbell (laughs) and you proceed to push against it, you will get an immediate revelation. (laughs) Not where you'd like for your strength to be, but where it actually is today. And faith is just that way. Your faith is where it is today. Not just where you'd like for it to be. Faith is not knowledge. Faith is not desire. Wanting something is not faith. Needing something is not faith. Knowing a bunch of scriptures, that's knowledge. Hmm? You could know a lot of weightlifting exercises. Doesn't mean you can move the weight. Right? And we're not talking about accomplishing some great thing to earn you a blessing. It's already bought and paid for. We're talking about resisting the doubt, the fear, and not giving it any place. And doing that as long as it takes. Which requires endurance of faith. That's what he says. Through faith and patience, which is perseverance or endurance, we inherit the promises. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Does God like faith? Is he a faith God? Is he looking for faith? Then how about you? Are you stirred up about faith? We should be as interested in it as he is. Faith is developed just like your body. Faith is of your your heart, the inner man. It's developed just like your body. Strength is developed through nourishment and exercise. Faith is developed through nourishment and exercise. Not just one, both of them. Faith comes by hearing. Uh, The scripture said, uh, Job said, I have esteemed the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. Jeremiah said, your words were found and I did eat them. And they were the joy and rejoicing of my heart. 
Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When you feed on anointed word, you are nourished up in the words of faith. It is just as real as putting food in your mouth and chewing it and swallowing it. I remember well the first faith meal I ate. I had heard tradition, I had heard religion, and I didn't know, but it was all empty calories, or most of it was empty calories. I shouldn't say that, not all of it, some of it, quite a bit of it, was empty calories. (laughs) And uh, I didn't know that, but I heard, anybody remembering with me, the first time you heard somebody preaching or teaching the Word anointed in faith, it did something to your spirit. Man, you, 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 when you got through, you might not have understood half of what they said, but your spirit's going, mm-mm, yum, yum, get me some more of that. Why? Because your emaciated spirit has been fed a good hot meal for the first time in your life. And folks don't understand us. They think they're fanatics because we are word addicts. (laughs) (laughs) Got to have our fix. And that's okay. You can't overdose on this. It's real. And, And just hearing preaching won't automatically give you faith. It has to be the anointed Word. But hearing and feeding on the right thing will nourish you and feed you, but that's not the end of how faith develops. That's how faith is fed. The next step is faith must be exercised. Exercised. You must use your faith. You must walk by faith, live by faith, and only in exercising it, just like exercising a muscle, do you begin to develop and get stronger. Jesus talked to people, I don't know what, half a dozen times, he told them, O ye of little faith, you remember that? Little faiths. That's not altogether a derogatory term sure beats no faith because he told some people that too how is it that you have none that's pretty bad but little faith that means you have some but it's not much developed not much and there were a couple of people That Jesus remarked and said, I hadn't seen faith like this in the whole country. That includes his guy standing right there. He called it great faith. Somebody say great faith. Great faith. Great faith. faith. Paul said by the Spirit of God through him, writing to the church of Corinth, your faith grows exceedingly and your love abounds. A healthy church, that's what's happening. 
healthy believers, that's what's happening. Every day your faith is growing and your love is abounding. Hallelujah. That means you're not sitting still and you're not losing ground. You're coming up. And you do that month in, month out, year after year. You'll get to the place what you wouldn't have dared to believe for 20 years ago. You'll look at it and go, this is easy for God. This will be easy for God. Oh, can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is how we got as far as we are. We don't want to turn loose of it now. We don't want to back off with it now. And this is how we will make it the rest of the way. It's a faith race. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thanks be to God. Boy, y'all are, uh, y'all are listening good. Uh, go to Luke 17. Hallelujah. My faith is getting stronger. Hmm. <laughs> I'm moving up the way. Somebody say, my faith is getting stronger. Hey, devil, get out the way. <laughs> what used to be so hard. Is looking mighty easy. What they said was impossible. Is looking so doable. I have faith in my God. My faith is strong in His Word. I'm coming out. I'm going over. I have faith in my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People are being healed. They've been the healings have been going on through the whole service. And uh, from the moment that numerous individuals just stopped paying attention to the symptoms. And they said, I'm not fighting you anymore. I'm healed. That's it. Hallelujah. I'm not fighting feelings. I'm not fighting pain. I fight fear and doubt. I give it no place. Zero place. I don't even consider this is not working or it might not turn out right. I, I won't even consider it. So you just narrow-minded. Yeah, and healed. <laughs> You're just narrow-minded about that. Yeah, and prosperous. You cannot consider all these other things. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. And the Lord, remember that word last night. You rest here and I'll work on it there. So are you resting? Yes, sir. So you gotta you gotta treat those things like symptoms. Right? You're not fighting that. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't war against flesh and blood. That's right. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The city planners are not your problem. The county is not your problem. Well, they're holding me up. No, they're not. They're just flesh and blood. Hmm? The enemy has tried to hinder you through those vessels, and he's been able to because you've been saying we can't do it because they're holding us up. They're holding us up. They're holding us up. You've said it 183 times. Stop it. Somebody say this out loud. Nothing's holding me up. No man will be able to stand against me doing the work of God. It doesn't move me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. you got to stop. See, the devil's sly, isn't he? He's so sly. He'll get you to say stuff if you, if, you, if you let him. No, it's not holding me up. That's not holding me up. Yeah, but they said you couldn't do this. You couldn't do this. So? What did the Lord say? Do this. Well, that's it. We're doing it. We're do- you need to say, we're doing it. Well, they said you can't do it. Well, we're doing it. Yeah, but they said you can't. Well, we're doing it. We're doing it. I can do all things through the anointed one who strengthens me. We can do it. We are doing it. It's happening. In these days, in my town, at my house, nothing can hold me back. No man can stand against me. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Nobody can hold your money back. Nobody can hold your money back. But you or me, and we're too smart for that. Hallelujah. Things are breaking free. Hallelujah. It's greater liberty. <laughs> I'm trying to find my place. <laughs> what did I say? And take Xanax <laughs> and some mild antidepressants that you don't want anybody to know that you're taking them, but the Lord's talking about them right here in the service tonight. <laughs> you don't need no stinking antidepressants. You have the Holy Ghost. Joy 
unspeakable and full of glory and peace that passes understanding. You don't need it. I said you don't need it. You don't need it. (laughs) At destruction and at famine, thou shalt cry. Now you're laughing, but are millions of Christians doing that? That's exactly what they're doing. They're crying. They've had some destruction. They've had some famine and lack. And they've been depressed for years. They try to put on a smiley face and go to church and function, but I don't understand. It's just... It's... it's not a great mystery. You need some faith. Now, people take that as an insult. I'm a faith man. Honey, just because you got people's faith tapes in your closet and a faith sticker on your car does not mean you're living by faith. Amen. Knowledge isn't faith. Amen. Desks full of notes taken in faith seminars is not faith. Amen. Doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. Faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. So if you're doubting, complaining, whining, I don't care who you are. You can be the pastor of the church. You're not operating in faith. You are yielding to unbelief. No stones being thrown. All of us have done it. Nothing to be proud of. All of us have done it. Different measures. But you don't have to do it. We don't ever have to do it again. As long as we live. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. At destruction. And at famine, thou shalt laugh. Did you know that's one of the strongest acts of faith when you feel like laying down and crying? Why would you laugh when something has just been destroyed? Why would you laugh when you're experiencing famine and lack? Why would you laugh? You couldn't be walking beside and laughing. What are you laughing about? It's got to be you are looking at things that are not seen. It's got to be that you're believing something different than what you're feeling and experiencing. And it is one of the most powerful when you do it in faith. It is one of the most insulting things to the devil. Because he, 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 he can't operate through faith. He doesn't have the respect or the ability. He just tries to function through fear. Through imposing fear. And if you're laughing at him, how much further than afraid of him can you be? I'm going to kill you with this. Your church is going under. Church is going under under. You can't preach worth a lick. Everybody's tired of you. (laughs) 
Now you're laughing now because I told you ahead of time what to do, but <laughs> how many, come on, how many people have been crying in their bedrooms and in their kitchens and, and in their offices? I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't think anybody likes me anymore. Huh? It's not just pitiful. It's babyish. It's infantile. It's faithless. No. We're faith people. I said we're faith people. Which means we don't talk what we see. We talk what we believe. Hallelujah. And if they say we're not making it, that's when we stand up on the inside and say we're going over big. We're going over big for Jesus. Hallelujah. You reckon we'll have enough this month to pay our bills? No. No. We'll have too much. (laughs) We're not going to have enough. We're going to have too much. Too much. We'll have to pay the bills and then a whole lot over. We'll have to ask the Lord what to do with the extra. Have people looked at you sideways because of a positive faith confession lately? That's been too long. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We were like uh, two years into learning about faith, Phyllis and I personally, in our life, our young life. And had not been to Rhema yet. And uh, hadn't really started in the ministry yet. But I had learned through Brother Copeland's ministry and Brother Hagin's ministry that we had been redeemed from the curse of the law. Hadn't got over it yet. I'm telling you. Jesus took the curse and I got the blessing. And everything that's in that curse, I've been redeemed from. Have you read that lately? There's a lot of bad stuff in there. I remember some of the first times I read it. I read things like the botch of Egypt. <laughs> and I thought, I don't know what that is, but man, I'm sure glad I'm redeemed from it. I don't, I don't have to have it. <laughs> if you can find it in there, you're redeemed from it. Well, uh, one of my uncles was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer. They lived quite a few miles away. We sent him some of the same tapes we had listened to. And then we had a chance to go see him. We ministered to him best we knew how, just as green as could be. Hardly know the difference between the Old and New Testaments. But, you know, the Lord will use what you, what you got. He'll meet you. And the second time we were there, he was practically bedfast. And they said he's got cancer in the last stages in both lungs. And he was, same thing was happening to him. He's starving to death and, and couldn't, getting where he couldn't breathe at all. And they're saying he'll, you know, he could have already been dead. He could die just any time. Well, uh, talk to him about by stripes were healed. We talked to him about, uh, we, we didn't know as much about trying to be led as to the anointed word. We just 
throw him, threw him all the verses we had and hoped one of them might stick. <laughs> didn't know, didn't know. You know, I, you're laughing because you've done the same thing. Hey, doing what you know to do, trying to help. And um, came back and the family was crying in the kitchen. Appreciate y'all coming and trying to comfort him. Oh, we weren't trying to comfort him. We were trying to get faith. He came around the corner, just frail and weak, and he held on to the door facing. And he looked at us. He said, I'm going to live. <laughs> I about jumped over the counter. I thought, that's faith. That's what that is. That's faith. Well, the family just busted out crying. It's gone to his head. It's gone to his, to his mind. He just, he's beside himself. He, I thought, no, no. But I couldn't, we couldn't explain it. We hardly understood it ourselves. And in the next few weeks, he got better and better and better and started eating and walking around. He completely recovered. He went back to work and lived for years. Hallelujah. Completely recovered. We thought, glory to God, this is it. We have found it, man. This is, this is fiction no matter what. Well, he was at death's door. It wasn't a couple of years till another uncle on the other side of the family. Cancer of the lungs. Same thing. He was real heavy smoker, and and that's how it went. And same thing. He got to where he's bed fast. Well, he was closer by us, and we did the same thing. Sent the uh, materials and went by to see him. And one of the last times we went by to see him, and and man, he was agreeing with us, and everything was good. And we went and got busy doing what we were doing. And two or three weeks, they sent word he died. Well, man, we thought, no, that's, that's not supposed to happen. We're in faith. Anybody with us? Yeah. See, this is where new doctrines are started. This is where traditions of men are born. And even doctrines of demons. Why? Well, God knows things we don't know. And in his wisdom, it just must not have been his will. And, um, you know, he, he, he wanted him to be with him instead of here. And what, what are you saying? You're saying it wasn't God's will. And that's why it didn't happen. That's where these doctrines came out of. Somebody prayed and it didn't happen. And I, as, as far as I could tell, we did the same things we did with the other uncle. So why did he die? Now if he's a believer, you know, he's in heaven and shouting the victory, well, glory to God, but he's robbed of years he could have had. And, uh, a lot of uh, 
So-called faith people have experienced this. Most everybody in this room. Y'all with me or not? Prayed, confessed and confessed and confessed, and didn't go the way that you were convinced it was the will of God for it to go, wanted it to go, should have gone. So what's the solution? And if you experience a bunch of those, the enemy will come. And you'll say, this whole doctrine is wrong. All this faith stuff. Trying to do things with your faith. Well, just look at it. It's quiet in here. Well, y'all were excited about faith just a minute ago. I mean, y'all were. Y'all still there. It is sobering because we got a lot of brothers and sisters, including I know individuals who used to be some of the strongest teachers and preachers on faith. They preach against us now. I'm thinking of some individuals. I heard they were at a meeting a while back and put flyers on the cars talking about that we're a cult. And people like Brother Hagen and the Copelands and all are, you know, cult, this faith cult. And that they were in it, but got delivered out of it. Got delivered out of faith. It's sad. This one, this one guy in particular. Man, I'm telling you, he used to preach faith strong as I do. 30 years ago. And I thought, what in the world? How do you get from there? To calling the bunch he used to call family a cult. And the Lord helped me to find out why. I won't go through all the things, but I was able to be privy to a thing he shared. And he didn't, he didn't start out talking about it, but he eventually got over to his 16-year-old daughter who had gotten sick. And they prayed and believed and stood and stood and she didn't receive her healing. And he had bitterness in his heart. He's not just mad at us. He's mad at God. Y'all with me, saints? And that's so sad because he's your help. And you stay away from him. It's going to get worse and worse. My heart went out to him. I prayed for him. Oh, Lord, open his eyes. When that uncle died, Phyllis and I were there. We thought, we did everything we did with the other uncle. We, we prayed. We, we prayed faith. We, we made faith confessions. And I will live and not die. And, But the Lord helped us to not be stupid and blame God. Come on, help me out, saints. By His grace and mercy, He helped us to realize we must have missed it somewhere. His will has not changed. Is it true it's not God's will that any should perish? Are people perishing? 
That don't prove the will of God. Did he take our infirmities, bear our sicknesses, carry our pains? With his stripes we're healed. Is it true? Is it true? Are there people not receiving their healing right and left? But it doesn't change the fact. The truth that it's redemption. I, uh, the Lord helped me with this. We, we, she and I told the Lord, said, Lord, I, we don't understand this. Please help us. But we know you didn't fail us. We don't know much, but we know that. Friend, this will get you through the hardest places in life. If you will look up through your tears, through your questions, and say, Lord, I know this is not right, and I don't know why, but I know this. I trust you. You have never failed me, and you never will, and live, die, I'm yours. I'm yours in life, I'm yours in my last breath, and I will trust you. Hallelujah. That will get you through the toughest places in life. And if you'll do that and mean it, he'll, he'll let you in on some things. Show you why some things happen and didn't happen. Now, some things he'll tell you, it's none of your business. That's between me and them. Leave it alone. And if he says that, don't ask him again. You know the nice thing about that? He won't, he won't air their dirty laundry. He won't yours either. <laughs> Sometimes it's not necessarily dirty laundry. It's just something that's none of your business. Uh, we went to the funeral. And I happened to be standing where some folk came and talked. And the daughter was talking about how that her dad called her in and uh, asked what songs to sing at the funeral and what kind of casket and what kind of service. And I realized... That was five minutes after I walked out the door. It wasn't faith. It looked like faith. It sounded like faith. Faith is not knowledge. Faith is not memorizing some scriptures. Faith is not just saying some scriptures. Jesus didn't say you just have what you say. Period. He said, if you'd believe in your heart and not doubt, you'd have what you said. Are you with me, saints? Do you believe God's a good God? Is He he a faithful Father? Has He never failed anybody? Never. There's a whole lot of things you didn't know, you didn't see, you weren't privy to, you didn't understand. But faith is the way. Always has been. Always will be. Hmm? Just because somebody's making confessions, that doesn't necessarily mean there's faith there. Listen to the tone of their voice. Look at the look in their eye. Sometimes people are saying it, but there's defeat in their eyes. There's fear in their voice. Come, you understand what I'm talking about? Faith is not knowledge. Faith is of the heart. For with the heart, man believes. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it out loud, Father, teach me more about faith. Did, you, did we say Luke 17? Go there then.
Are you you're there? I'll go there. I think I, what time is it? It's coming up on ten. Wow. Wow. That's not bad. <laughs> Did you know you have lumbar support? You got lumbar support? Yes, sir. We added it special. Cost extra. That's good for at least another 30 minutes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Somebody needs to laugh more. No, I'm for real. Laugh more tonight and tomorrow. Laugh at your problem. Laugh. Laugh at it. At the destruction at the famine, yeah. laugh at the enemy. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Luke 17, 5. I think we'll close with this. The apostles said to the Lord, what did they say? Increase our faith. Why would they say that? No, come on, think about it. Why would they say that? Because in their time they've spent with him already, they have seen the importance of faith. They have seen him demonstrate and live and operate by faith, and they have come to hunger for it more. And the more time we spend with him today, same thing will happen. If you are not impressed with faith, you're going away from the Lord. If you're drawing closer to him, you feel like this. We want more. More. Show us how to get more. How to develop more. They, they saw it just from the time they spent with him. This is what we need. And we need to develop more. He heard, him, he heard him tell people little faith. He heard him tell them no faith. He heard him say great faith. And so their conclusion was... We need us some more. <laughs> and so they said, Lord, would you increase our faith? And maybe they thought he would lay hands on them or zap them some way. But that's not how faith comes. What did he say? The Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say... To this sycamine tree, be plucked up by the root, be planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Young's literal says, the apostle said, Lord, add to us faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard, you would have said to this sycamine, be. Oh, that's an important word. I said, that's an important word. It's a little two-letter word, but oh, it's powerful. Do you know that's how the heavens and the earth came into being? Is he said, light, be. And he didn't just say it with volume. He said it with faith. The faith of God. And it released power. Faith is not just hearing and being nourished up in the words of faith. That's how faith comes. That's how it builds. But then faith must be released. 
Oh, somebody got it. Faith must be. I felt it. Faith must be released. Mm. And the number one way, not the only way, but the top way it is released is through saying. They want to know. Lord, we want, we want, a, we want greater faith. We want this great faith, that you, you, like you said about the centurion, and like you said to the Syrophoenician. Uh, apparently, you know, maybe you hadn't said that about them, and, and they'd like to hear that about them. So, Lord, uh, how do we get into this, this great faith, this strong, this big faith? What did he say? If you had faith as a grain of mustard, now they, I'm sure they thought they had some, and they did. And God has dealt to every man a measure. Of faith. But then what happens after that is not just all up to Him. Do you want your faith to develop? What did He say? Take what you got and say. He said, You would have said. That means confidence would have been there. When confidence is a faith word. When you have faith, when your faith rises, your confidence comes up. In the beginning, you look at it and you go, that's a lot of money. Phew. Never even heard of anybody has got that much money. So don't know anybody has got that kind of money. But, so you hear some more. And you hear some more. And you hear how God rained manna out of the sky. And how he opened up the rock. And water came out. And he gave them taxes out of a fish's mouth. And, okay. and you hear, uh, you know, uh, what, what God did for the Copelands and the Duplantises. And come on, are y'all with me? And that's why you need to be around folks and, yes. that, that are believing and, and, and are growing. And, and after a while, you begin to think, yeah. <laughs> You know, God can do something here in Wayback County, too. You know, I mean, he, yeah. God's everywhere. What's happening? Confidence, confidence, confidence. So you keep nourishing it and you keep feeding it and you start to say some things. And sometimes when you start to say it, there may not be that much punch in it because you really don't believe it all that much yet. But that's all right. Say it because while you're saying it, it's also bouncing off your eardrum. Come on, are you with me? And if you had faith, you had that confidence, you'll rear back and say Oh, come on, you, you'll start saying. There's no such thing as having faith without saying. Hallelujah. And if you say to this or that, be this, be that, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say comes to pass, Jesus, the head of the church, said, you will have what you said. Stand on your feet. Hallelujah. They said, so you one of them, you better believe it.